here we go episode 45 of the hardline sports talk i am michael merlo along with me i have john michael masiri jm how you doing tonight i'm i'm doing good we got ton of stuff going down i'm ready to unpack it all uh and and it's it's hot stove time it is really hot stove time more than ever more than it'll yeah. probably ever be in baseball. I mean, we could literally spend, I, don't, I mean, I don't know about you. I could literally spend three hours on this episode. Between oh yeah. Baseball. Easily. You had football yesterday. You got some drama with New York basketball and I could do college football probably like an hour, yeah. but um, there's a lot to get to. And we're going to start obviously with the baseball because that's what we love. That's what we know the best. And Something that I just can't, my, I can't not stop smiling. I, I've been in the greatest mood all day. The New York Mets signed Max Scherzer to a three-year, $130 million contract worth $43 million a year. That breaks the record for most money per year. I shocked, speechless, happy. I, I, I can't. I, it was my dream scenario, and it happened, and I just can't believe it happened. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have a right to have that big smile on your face. This is something that Mets fans have been dreaming about for decades to have an yeah. owner who's willing to have that FU money and just go out there and, and bring these guys to the New York market like their crosstown rival, the Yankees, have been able to do right. for years. And um, the Mets are, you know, Steve Cohen's trying to do his best George Steinbrenner impersonation, and he's doing a pretty good job of it, honestly. I mean, with the 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 three signings they made um, a couple of days ago with Marte, Canna, and Escobar, and then with signing Scherzer now, and and to be honest with you, I know it was your dream scenario. Um, you know there were reports that came out on uh, on Sunday night about Scherzer going to the Mets, and and at one point it seemed like it was basically just about to happen, but then they kind of cooled off a little bit, and it was like, hold on, there's still some things to be talked about. And I remember I was talking to you. And I, I got the same feeling you were getting. I was like, I don't know, man. Scott Boris, what he does with his clients, sometimes he'll just make stuff up to drive the price up, and that team will just be a puppet, basically. Um, and that's what it. I it thought it was like going to be like. I thought this was, all right, Scherzer wants to go back to the Dodgers. Let's use the Mets. Say, oh, they're going to give me $45 million or whatever they, they were talking about. And uh, – and let, let me go back to the Dodgers, but he's a Met. They got it done. It was a full court press. It was, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it was Steve Cohen. It was Alex Cohen, his wife, obviously Billy Epler was involved and they got the wives involved. They got, you know, um, Scherzer's wife involved with Alex Cohen and Steve was talking to everybody. And obviously Scott Boris is always involved, but you know, Max Scherzer is not a guy like Trevor Bauer. You know, we were dealing with last season. This is a guy that yes, of course, he wanted the most money possible, the most money on the table, which was forty-three million dollars. He was going to get the most money from the Mets. But he, and yes, he's a union rep, and he has to take the highest offer because that's what he believes in and that's what he preaches. But I don't think he makes this decision if he's not fully comfortable. And I feel right. like with Cohen, you know, expressing his vision, expressing what he believes in this for this team and what's going to make this team successful over the years and how he wants to build it like the Dodgers when they were first bought in um, 2013 or 14 when he lost out on buying the Dodgers 
he sold this vision of Scherzer and he signed on board. This is a franchise altering move. Uh, it really is because you have all this money and you saw last year, he offered the money and not many people took it. The, the job was offered. The general manager job, the president of baseball operations job was offered, you know, a lot of money, obviously attached to that as well. And the opportunity to spend this money and nobody wanted it. And now you're making this a destination. They have a lot to fix. I mean, they obviously need to fix the front office more, you know, little things in the, Right, depth, in the, uh, and you need another bat, at least one more of the bat bullpen. You're you're making this a desirable destination, though, right. and that's what's key. There's a long way to go for this mess team. I mean, I don't think anybody's saying, besides the crazy ones, that you know this deal puts them in the World Series. I no. mean, it's a great deal. It's it's you're getting a guy who is a multiple Cy Young winner. Uh, is is proven that he'll he'll play to his contract the way he he did it in Washington but yeah there's definitely uh some more steps to be taken for this team but <laughs> what you need to celebrate is the, this is like this is not a Mets move right no. this is not a move where we're used to a Trevor Bauer move which they didn't do but like that's something the Mets would do the Mets if Fred Wilpon was still here and uh, Steve Cohen wasn't the owner. I don't think they would have spent the money anyways because the bullpons were cheap asses. But right. they might say, you know what? Let's let's do that big spend move, and it would be Trevor Bauer. It wouldn't be Max Scherzer. You know what I mean? Like it would been screwed up. Somehow. Max Scherzer is a no doubt first bout Hall of Famer. He's won Cy Youngs in multiple leagues. He's had a twenty strikeout game. He's thrown a no hitter. Like he is World Series champion. He is no doubt a stud. You bring a guy like that, a well-respected guy, to New York and outbid some teams. You're talking about the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, listen, Scherzer can come over here. The guy's not – nothing's ever a sure thing. He's he's 37 years old. He had some problems later in the year, some fatigue problems with the whole dead arm and everything like that. But this is about as close as you can get to a sure thing with Max Scherzer and – like you said, the Mets are now finally making moves where you're like, whoa, this feels different. We are not used to this at all. And, and it's good to they, see. Like you compared it to the Dodgers. You want to instill that culture right away um, to show that you're not here to to joke around and this isn't just going to be some stupid uh, way they run the organization and not the same old Mets BS. Um, and they did it. And they're doing it the same way the Dodgers did, where they have to build up the farm system. I mean, if you look at the Dodgers farm system, if you look at the Yankees farm system for the past few years, there is depth in every level, single A, double A, low A, triple A. There is depth. There are guys there. That's why these teams can make all these trades and develop players and have guys become come up and be studs. Right. You know, look at Bellinger for a while, Lux, Will Smith, you know, Judge, Sanchez for a little while. Yeah. You, you're you going to bring up prospects. A couple of them are going to hit. And if they don't, okay. And then you're trading some. The Mets right. need to build up this this the, the farm system. Right. And they're doing yeah. that because they're not making dumb trades. They're making signings. They're spending money, which obviously the owner has. And, and it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to see. I'm just... It's a, it's definitely, it's a statement move. It's a groundbreaking move. It's, it's Steve Cohen. And listen, we talked about it. I kept saying the whole year, 
You can't get too much on Steve Cohen because although he did buy the team and he had an offseason last year, he really hasn't gotten the chance to really get his hands on this team and, right. you know, put the, the product out there that he wants to do. And so far has been putting his money where his mouth is with letting go of certain guys and bringing in guys who, who are really good baseball players. And that's what Max Scherzer is. I mean, we haven't even talked about Marte and all those guys, you know, Marte, that's what I want. That's what I wanted to get to. Um, he's Marte's different. Mar, Marte's tough. You don't. I love Marte. He, what'd you say? I don't, I don't love it because it's four years. I like right. the he's first coming year off. He's coming off maybe the best year of his career. He's 32 years old, 33 years old, something like that. He's 33. He's 33 years old. Center field, I don't know how long that's going to last. He won a gold glove, but not as a center fielder, as a left fielder. Um, so I want him in center. What? I want him in center. You for want him in center, right. Um, the four years, it's a bit much, but, yes. um, you know, that's – that's the thing in free agency. You got to, no matter what, you're going to overpay. Yes. And let, you know, let's not get too wrapped up unless it was something outlandish. I'm not going to get too wrapped up in the Mets giving an extra year to Starling Marte. If that's what it takes. Million. Like, I, like we said, you need to set the tone and the Mets have and proving that they're not going to be the same old Mets. Like they're here to play with the big dogs. That's how you get it done. So I like that signing for them. Um, Starling Marte is not going to be, you know, a, a, this like feared hitter in the Mets lineup. He'll, he'll be a respected <laughs> hitter, but he's not, you know, going to scare the crap out of pitching staffs. Um, good leadoff guy or, you know, Mark Hanna, good guy who maybe is an everyday player for you. We'll see. Um, and I like that Eduardo Escobar move. That's a guy who could play multiple positions. He's a switch hitter. He has a lot of versatility for your lineup. So some, some pretty good moves to the Mets. I think. I don't know how much money Steve Cohen's willing to spend. I mean, it seems like an infinite amount, but yes, um, pretty scary. I would say they definitely need one more bat. I think they should still be in on Bryant. I think they should still be in. I think it's pretty clear they're still in on uh, bias. Um, maybe they need, Castellanos. Hundred percent need another starter. Yeah, they Make need another no starter. Doubt. But but what I, the point I was going to get to is you need another maybe one more big signing on the offensive side. But then after that, you just got to start adding depth to this team. Yeah. And does that come with free agency? I mean, how many free agents can you sign? It, it comes with drafting. It comes with developing. It, it comes with that. Maybe even some trades. But, um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I don't think, you know, we're going to expect them to all of a sudden form this World Series team in one offseason. But they're going to try to get as close as they can. And they're off to a pretty good start. Um, I'm just looking at Marte's stats here. He had a five, five and a point five fan graphs war last year. Yeah, that's excellent. Which I do not expect this year, obviously. Right. It w- wouldn't shock me as he got older if the power numbers started to go up a little. He's a big guy. I could see the power numbers kind of going up a little bit. He's not really a big guy, but I don't know. I, I could see that where – in, in the last couple of years, you know, he's not the speedster that he was, but he's, you know, hitting a couple more home runs. I, I, I don't mind the Marte thing. This is what I – this is how I look at these three moves, okay? They 
instead of giving Michael Conforto, let's just say $100 million, right? Let's say they gave Michael Conforto six years, $100 million. Instead, what they did was they got three guys for $124 million right. that are more versatile, better defenders, get on base more. Yep. And it's like, and obviously Marte, you know, you get the stolen bases. I, I, I love the, I love the Canna and the, and the Eduardo Escobar side, I, you know, Canna, I think could start every day. I would like if they added another outfielder just so that there's, you know, like a fourth, a solid fourth outfielder so that he's not, maybe he plays 120 games, not 150 games. Right. But, but I, I like that sign. He gets on base and the identity I see now with what they're trying to do, unless they bring back bias, but they have a lot of guys in this lineup that if you look at their strikeout rate, it's under league average. And I feel like last year they had a lot of guys in that lineup. They struck out a ton. They couldn't move guys over. They couldn't hit with guys on base. Right. Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna, Stalin Marte, all above average hitters with guys on base. Right. They move the ball over. They're not going to strike out. They get That's what base. it seems like the formula is. You know, yeah. we, everybody tries to put their finger on what's the formula to have such a good offense and, and win the World Series. I think it's – it's a mixture of everything. You got to be yeah. able to have some guys that are going to hit a home run in a big spot. Some guys who are going to, you know, hit that single to drive in the guy from second base with two outs. You got to, you got to find that balance. Um, I think the Braves had that this year. I think that's a major piece of why they won the world series. They had their big sluggers and, and your, your Jock Peterson's and your, uh, you, you, you know, Eddie Rosario was hitting the cover off the ball. And then you had your guys who, came up and got some big hits for you, like Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson. Like, you know, you can't – I always think about the Twins when I think about this from, from 2018, 2019, when they um, lost to the Yankees. That team was – led the league in home runs, but they were they kind of were too home run dependent. They had Sano and uh, Mitch Garver and Max Kepler had a ton of home runs that year. Like, yep. you can't rely too much on the home run um, – it's great to have – if you want to give me three guys who are going to hit 35-plus bombs in my lineup, sign me up. Um, but, you know, you also don't want to fill your your lineup with a bunch of guys who are going to bat 220 and hit 35 home runs. So, I, I like the way the Mets are doing it. They're trying to find that balance, and I think that, that, that it'll work. They're, just, you know, they're not there yet. they got a couple more pieces to add. If they didn't – you know what? I, I just read something now. They're probably out on Baez just because he's getting a lot of a lot of interest with playing short, and obviously there's gonna be more money there. And the Mets weren't willing to go too high on him, which I'm happy with, to be honest with you. I'd be surprised if they added another bat um, via free agency. I think they'd make a trade. You know, I mean, they have McNeil, Dom Smith, and and JD Davis. I'm sure. I'm, I'm guessing at least two out of three of those guys are gonna be dealt. Yeah, but they definitely need another pitcher. 100% need another starting pitcher, a three or a four type starter. They probably need one more pitcher just for depth. And then I'd like to see them add a lefty reliever, which is a need. The bullpen, I'm not too worried about just because you know, it's so year to year. You know, and Lugo had a down year and he was a little banged up. He'll get healthier. I think Lugo could be better. Trevor May, same thing. I mean, I thought May was fine last year. Again, I'd like to see an arm or two added, but. I, I think they'll be fine in the pen. And and that's always a position where you could add down the line as the season goes on. Yeah. I'm I'm not, you know, too worried about I am worried about getting depth in the starting rotation, though. You know, I'm thinking for the Mets, um if the C B depending on what happens in the CBA, I mean, I think it's basically a guaranteed everybody that the universal DH is gonna be a thing. 
Um, a guy that nobody really talks about, and it seems like he flies under the radar every single offseason because of his age, but why not take a shot at Nelson Cruz when, you know, the, the CBA yeah. expires? You need a guy like that in your lineup, uh, a feared hitter, a guy who can, you know, have an OPS in the 900s. That, that's Nelson Cruz. So I, w- I wouldn't hate that for them. No, um, don't don't forget about my boy coming back, Robbie Cano. We forget about him all the time. Please stop. He's back. My boy. My boy. Great. Robbie Cano. I think Cano is going to surprise people. As long as you don't like give him like 500 at bats, I don't I can see it. I can see it happening. Okay. I can see him having a nice year, a little nice year off the bench. Super we'll see. Utility, maybe aging. If, if he hops back on the juice, maybe. Yeah. We, listen, we need him on the juice. You know yeah. why? Get him on the juice, starts hitting a little bit, gets caught, done. That $25 million next year, no problem. He's yeah. suspended for life. Thank you, Robinson. It's, it's a win-win. It's a yeah. win-win. It is. Somebody's got to, like, put something in his drink. I'm kidding. That's illegal, guys. Jesus Man. Christ. Can't <laughs> <laughs> doing that. Oh, I think that's uh, enough Met talk. Um, obviously, if something breaks, uh, it, it's Monday night. Uh, they expect a lot of moves still to be made, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Something breaks, we'll let you know. Let's move on to another team that's spending a ton of money, more money. They've actually spent half a billion dollars so far in the past two days, and yeah. that is the Texas Rangers. The Texas yeah. Rangers you Sunday night. It. Yeah. <laughs> the Texas Rangers signed um, Marcus Simeon to a five-year, uh, excuse me, a seven-year, $175 million contract Sunday night. Then they, they not messing around, added uh, John Gray to a four-year, $56 million contract, who I wanted for the Mets. I, I know you wanted for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He was a hot name. He ended up getting a lot more than I think people thought. Yeah. And then today they signed Corey Seager to a 10-year, $325 million contract. Right. Crazy. I mean, I, I knew they wanted to be aggressive. I didn't know they'd be like, you know, so much in play for these big guys. Like yes. maybe story. Right. See, that's, that's what I was just about to say. I remember we did our prediction show. I had them getting story and Conforto because that's what right. it kind of felt like to me. I thought they were going to end up spending, but kind of getting the consolation prizes, like not which story. I don't want to call him a consolation prize um, because there's also a possibility he's a Yankee, but, um, <laughs> but at this point, actually he's not Anderson Simmons. We're going to talk about, but, um, oh. You know, Story and, and Conforto, they weren't those headline guys for their positions. You know, we're talking about Seager and Correa and Semyon, really, for the middle infielders. And then for the outfield, you're thinking more Castellanos. And then, you know, you could throw Brian in there. He's got outfield consideration. Um, but, yeah, I mean, out of nowhere, not only do they get Seager, they also get Semyon, which – I never saw it coming. Honestly, I was more surprised from the Semyon signing than the Seager signing. Um, the only take I have on this is, or not the only take, the only criticism I have on this is the Seager signing makes makes sense to me. I get that one. The Semyon one, I'm having a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around because I don't think this Rangers team, they're not going to be competing next year. Right. And, you know, they have some prospects coming up and, you know, it's going to take a little bit of a while. They're probably going to have to spend a little more next offseason and whatnot. But this doesn't seem like a quick turnaround. It seems like a, you know, a bit of a long rebuild and signing a 32 year old free agent to a seven year deal. 
you're gonna hopefully be competing in his like 34, 35 year old plus season. So I don't get that completely giving him that much money. I, I I'm guessing they're thinking he's going to age well, and I hope they're right, but that part doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, he hit, what he hit 42 home runs last year. He broke the record yeah. for second base, but I doubt you'll see that again. Like I think he's going to be a productive player, a very productive player for them for, you know, years, but you're right. I don't know how much I, I love that. I mean, it's, it's low AAV. Seven years is a lot. Seven years is a lot. And and Seager, you know, I I saw people kind of surprised by this. And I I texted you. I said, I think Seager's going to get 10 years, 280. Just because I thought, like, people chilled out a little bit on the market of Seager and Correa. Maybe it was coming down a little bit. Clearly not. I was wrong. You know, he's that talented. I mean, he's that much. And Jeff Passan predicted, you know, a month or two ago, he said, how much do you, on the Michael K show, he said, how much do you think Seager's going to get? And he said $330 million. He was right there. Yeah. So it's not really that surprising. Just I mean, surprise the Rangers. But, you know, I mean. I know. You know showing a willingness to spend. On. Yeah. I mean, Seager is a guy who has really impressive offensive numbers for especially a position where it's hard to find that. I mean, the shortstops in the MLB right now, this is like unbelievable. We've never seen so many great offensive shortstops. But um you didn't really see 325, in my opinion, coming here. And Seager's a really talented player, but he's defensively bottom of the barrel in the league at shortstop. He's a below average defender there. And he's had health issues. So, you know, those are two things that are, are red flags. Um, but the upside here is he's 27 years old. He, his, he could be getting even better. He can be moving to third base too, like his brother Kyle. You know, he's a big guy. I, I think he will move there eventually. How soon does I it happen? Who knows? I agree with you. But um, Corey Seager is a very talented player. But you know, there are there are some question marks there. Um, but I like this signing for the Rangers. You got to lock up a guy that you want to build around for a little bit, and that's what Corey Seager is. Did I get his age wrong? I just want to make sure on that. I think most positive he's twenty seven. Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah. He's 27. Yeah, so that that's that's young for free agency. What's Correa? Correa, I think, is the same thing. Correa's 27. Yeah, he's 27. See, he'll be 28 when the season starts. Yeah. All in April. Oh, uh, that's Seager. Stories Correa. 30. The story is 29, I think. Oh, wow. Correa just turned 27 in September. Sheesh. Yeah, story's 29. That's what I was getting confused with. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to see all the small, not small market team. I don't want to call them that. The just the bad team spending money. You know, you, you yeah. think about the Mariners and the Rangers. Um, that that's the ALS. The Mets for the last five years. Yeah, the Mets for that. Yeah. Um it's good to see. That's the way it is in football. Usually it's the bad team spending the money. I mean, free agency is different in football. There's usually not a lot of premium free agents out there. But it's good to see these people competing. It's good to see, even though, you know, my favorite team is one of those big market, big spending, good teams in the, in the Yankees. It's, it's good to see not just the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Giants and spending money on everybody. Before we get to the Yankees, because we're obviously going to talk about them, 
Uh, Robbie Ray, like you mentioned, you know, small market team, he agreed to a contract with the Seattle Mariners, who are expected to be aggressive this offseason. Five years, $115 million, opt out after the third year for Ray, who will be 33 when that opt out comes around. He just won the AL Cy Young, obviously, and he gets a nice payday, and that opt out's big. Uh, you know, ke- comparing it to Kevin Gosman, who's a couple of years older than him, he got five years, 110, no opt outs with the Blue Jays. So, it, with the, with the Mariners, the Mariners are involved with a lot, a lot of uh, players here. They are the favorites to get both Baez and Bryant right now. They're looked at as the favorite. So I'm guessing one of them they'll they'll get, and then yeah. obviously they'll fall out of the other one. But they're in on both of them. Baez expected to sign tonight. Bryant not so much. Bryant's expected to sign after the lockout. Right. But um. Listen, you're right. I, I love the fact the Mariners, who are a game out, you know, from making the AL wild card last year, they're being aggressive. They sign a big time pitcher. They, I, I almost guarantee they're going to sign a big time, you know, infielder here. Yeah. And you know, it's good to see these smaller, smaller market teams. I, the, the, I think the Mariners have the longest playoff drought in North American sports. They do. Yeah. 20, like 20, 20 years, years or something like that. 2001, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm confused, honestly, from the starting pitching market because the Robbie Ray signing, that's great for the Mariners. I just want to throw that out there. Getting the reigning Cy Young guy, even like I get, like he probably will never have that great of a season again, but we don't, we don't know. I don't know if crystal ball, he could end up being, you know, the best pitcher in the MLB for the next five years. Um, but getting that for 22 million or whatever it was, that that's pretty good. Um, the reason why I'm confused right now is I don't get how he gets that. And then you see Kevin Gosman getting basically the same contract. And on top of that, going to the team that had Robbie Ray. They yeah. must not be big believers in Robbie Ray or be big believers in Kevin Gosman, one or the other. Because that, that's a bit of a like that. for me. I didn't think of it like that. You're right, and they had an offer out clearly the Blue Jays for him. The Mets offered him more money, Gosman. He decided to take the money from Toronto. Um, I didn't. I never thought. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, where they took Gosman, and then Ray goes to. They could have gotten Ray. I, I it never clicked. That I never mean, clicked. listen, you know, it's not in a vacuum. There's probably a couple factors that happen, and who knows if the relationship was bad with Ray or his agent or whatever, but. I mean, Canada's I would throw more place. money at Robbie Ray than Kevin Gosman. I was going to say, who would you rather have? Same price. Yeah. Robbie Ray. Give me the freaking Cy Young. Yeah. It's a good, listen, it's a good deal for the Mariners. And then you got know, Max I, Scherzer getting, you know, the Brinks trucks more than, up to his house. Yeah. More than that in, in two less years. Yeah. Getting liquid gold, like <laughs> coming out of his freaking refrigerator. And even Eduardo Rodriguez, who signed very early, he got a nice deal. Five what was yeah. that five years, almost eighty million dollars. Yeah, the starting pitching market is uh, is hot right now. Yeah. And, and yeah. Gray, Gray, who I wanted as a three or four starter for the Mets, that would have never worked out. He got paid almost sixty million dollars. I know. It's crazy how the starting pitching market went. And who who's left? I don't know. Oh, clown show, Marcus Stroman, Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon, his market's very interesting. I yeah. would love if the Mets signed him. Or um, what's uh, Kukuchi? What's his first name? You say Kukuchi? 
Yeah, I, I'd like him. Yeah. So you got a, you know some mid level guys. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Is there any way they don't sign him? The I don't think so. I think especially now that they lost out on Scherzer and then Seager's gone. I think yeah, they bring back they have Kershaw. to bring him back. Yeah, they'll bring back Kershaw. They're signing Daniel Hudson from uh, the Nationals, but they they're losing Knable. I think the, yeah. the Phillies are going to sign Knable. I think. I think Conforto ends up in Philly. So do I. The one thing I don't want, and the one thing I will, I, I just pray to the baseball gods for forty eight hours. The next thing I would pray to the baseball gods about is I, I don't care. Conforto go over there. I don't give a crap about Conforto. I would like if he didn't go there, but it doesn't right. bother me. If Kyle Schwarber ends up in Philadelphia, Oof. I will have a fit. I will have a legitimate fit. <laughs> because Why? that man, that man destroyed the Mets last yeah. year. I mean, just annihilated them. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy hit more home runs in su- such a short span against one team. That's, and yeah, then when he gets traded run. to the American League, the Mets go to Boston and he proceeds to hit three home runs in a two game series. <laughs> So it's clear. There's clearly something there. Something so about Philly, those blue and orange jerseys that just drives him crazy, I guess. Because if if he goes to Philadelphia, I can already envision him hitting nukes in Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, yeah. So, him and Harper just going back to back all day. I that can't happen. That cannot happen. And they're interested in him, so it's gonna happen. But the Phillies, I feel like the Phillies just need so much. They should just go out and sign like. 10 pitchers because the they, Phillies either. I thought the Phillies after, after last season, it was never going to happen. They should have went like rebuild mode because they had like three good players on big contracts yeah. and everything else was crap. So yeah. it's either you're going to go rebuild at that point, or you got to go blow past a luxury tax and try and win. Right. And they weren't doing that. I don't think they're trying to do that this year. So what are you doing? Yeah. Half pregnant, gonna, one or the other, figure it out. Exactly. That, that's like, that's like the slogan now, half pregnant. Yeah, a t-shirt says I'm half pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, we uh, have we got it all covered here. I mean, the Yankees is obviously a topic we're going to talk about, but we got to talk about the Yankees very quickly. The Phillies are also talking to Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Sign so him for crying out loud. It's it's heating up. I I would be I'm expecting some sort of signing to happen before we end this episode because the CBA yes. is going to start getting negotiated on December first. And uh, they're going to want to get every signing in before second. then. But really, what? Second. December 2nd. But really before uh, tomorrow, honestly, because they're going to want to get the medicals in and everything straightened out before they start negotiating. And there's expected basically a guarantee to be a lockout. How long will the lockout be? Who knows? We know how the, the players union and the MLB go back and forth with each other, but Fingers crossed. I'm just hoping it's over in time for free agency to reopen, teams to get their rosters in order, and we have opening day baseball on April 1st or March 30th or whatever the hell they're doing this year. But uh, I know Brian Cashman is still sleeping outside Yankee Stadium or whatever he's doing, but I have a lot of takes on the Yankees, and I, I kind of want to hear – I haven't discussed any of them with you, and I, I kind of want to hear your input. So – yeah, let's go. Let's do so I was just reading something about Baez. I so basically before, but. the deal with the Yankees right now is obviously they they were connected to Seeger a lot. I mean, you predicted them to get Seeger. I thought right. they were gonna get Seeger. That seemed like the 
they were their the player they were in love with kind of thing that ownership really liked i mean we've been hearing about how steinbrenner loving Corey seager for a year now years um and they lost out on seager obviously you know i wanted john gray john gray's gone they were connected to verlander verlander went to houston they even had connections to starling Marte, who went to the mets um sammy and whoever robbie ray his name was getting thrown around there we haven't really heard a peep from the yankees and at first i'm like this is really bad what the hell's going on are we really about to have one of these off seasons where you know ownership or cashman is really stubborn and they think oh this team just needs a minor tweaking and whatever to me they're being too quiet in a good way for yankee fans because okay. I, I would be more concerned if they were going out there and, oh, we lost out on Corey Seager because, uh, you know, the Yankees weren't willing to go that extra year, or give them 20 more million or whatever. We didn't really hear that. All we heard was the Dodgers trying to re-sign Seager, Rangers are making a big push, never heard of people about the Yankees. So my take on everything is you haven't heard anything but from the Yankees. You haven't heard anything about Carlos Correa. You haven't heard anything much about Trevor Story. I mean, maybe the, the Rockies got thrown in there today. Just whatever. I'm thinking the Yankees have their plan. They've figured it out, hopefully. I don't know if this is a coping mechanism or what it is, but I think they have their plan. They've figured it out. Is it one of those shortstops? Who knows? Is it Andrelton freaking Simmons? Who knows? But I think you're going to see them being very active in the trade market. I think the Matt Olson thing, it's real. Very real. We saw it with Gallo last year. The Yankees were linked to Gallo the whole year, and they ended up trading for him. But what everybody kind of forgets is that trade deadline last year. Everybody was talking about Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo. And then Anthony Rizzo was never even thought of, honestly, with the Yankees. It was him to the Red Sox or him to wherever. And the next thing you know, Cashman trades for Rizzo. So, Cashman and the Yankees have that way where they get quiet, they get sneaky, and they pull some deals. So I'm not going to panic yet. I'm not going to go crazy. I, you know, I am trying to be as patient as possible. It's frustrating, um, especially when you see the team who's also in your market spending all the money in the world. Mm. But I think the Yankees got something brewing here. I got a weird feeling about this. I think the Yankees are going to sign Correa. That that as of right now, I think that's the guy they go get. It, it it makes it makes too much sense. Right. I've been saying it for weeks now. The Yankees need a bad boy. They need somebody that's got an attitude like screw. They I they have too many nice guys. As much I as like I love Aaron, Aaron Judge, like yeah, I like need... Aaron Judge. He's a nice guy. I don't want to yeah. like Aaron Judge. Right. He's a star player on the Yankees. You're supposed to hate him. I don't. I can't. Just like right. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I want to hate Dak Prescott. Right. But he seems like such a genuine guy. Great yeah. guy. I I like Dak. Right. There's nobody that on the Yankees back. that's like that. They need that swagger. They need this. Correa was never gonna sign before. Um the CBA uh, right. lockout. So that was always going to happen after. Maybe that's why you haven't heard from the Yankees. I thought maybe story, but you're right. You heard absolutely nothing from this team. Nothing. I don't think they don't have a plan. Of course they have a plan. I, I heard, I've heard people all day. Oh, the Yankees don't have a plan. Of course the Come Yankees on. have a plan. Now they didn't really get close with Olsen. I saw that all day. They did, never even exchanged names with the ace. Right. So I don't think that's close, but I think I think you're right. I mean, they were on Joey Gallo for so long, and it was obvious. They made it obvious. 
they still made the trade. Seems obvious they really like Olsen. Seems really obvious that it's a need. I think they go get Olsen. So I think Olsen, one of those pitchers from the A's, and Correa are Yankees. That's my prediction. I mean, if we want to get weird here and just pull some guys out of the back pocket, I wouldn't shut down Kyle Schwarber either. Please take him. Take him. I could see, you know, Hal Steinbrenner and whoever's saying, bring that guy to Yankee Stadium. You're DHing him, right? You're not playing him in the field. You, you could DH him. They, I mean, he, they tried playing him at first base. I don't know. That don't dude know. was put on this planet to do one thing, hit home runs. Yeah, Anything else in baseball, not, not good. Yeah. But, but that's not bad. How could you not like that? It's frustrating. The the Yankees, it's I don't know what to how to trust this front office, honestly. It's it's scary. I I'm from an outsider's view, I would trust Brian Cashman. I mean Yeah, but he's... the way this whole past season went and I can't deal with the emotional roller coaster anymore. It really is just too much to handle. What are the, they have the big signing, they're gonna have to go past the luxury tax, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's basically, unless it's house timers, you know, don't go past the luxury tax, Brian. Let's sign Brett Gardner to a one-year, $3 million deal. And <laughs> What would you do if tonight the only de- the two deals are Brian, uh, Brett Gardner and Eldridge Simmons? Yeah. Well, no, we got Jose Peraza, too. We signed him to a minor league deal, so don't. I'm actually pissed about that. Don't. <laughs> I like Jose Peraza. <laughs> yeah. Don't sell us short on that. Come on. No, no, that's a nice, that's a nice depth move right there. I would have liked Great everybody. Let's go, Brian. Figure it out. I want everybody gone that is not gonna, you know, be an MVP candidate. Luke Floyd, oh, wow. gone. Geo, gone. Aaron, Aaron Hicks. You gotta pay somebody to take him. The, the when I tell you the <laughs> anger I will feel if I look at a Yankees opening day line. If you just put me in a coma right now, woke me up in on April 1st and was like, Oh, you want to see the Yankees lineup today? If I see Aaron Hicks penciled in that lineup, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. What is like your ideal lineup? April, whatever. It's, it's not April 1st. It's like March 30th. Like my realistic ideal lineup. Like you, you wake up, you have, you're, you're up from the coma. It's 1130. Aaron Boone is wrote the lineup. What is it? All right. I'm going to try and keep this as realistic, but, also stupid as possible. Don't uh, not even line up. Just give me positions. I'm gonna write it down. All right, catcher. I'll be I'll be realistic here. I'll say we bring Gary back. Okay. Which apparently the Mets are back. listening on Gary now. I don't know yeah, what the hell that was about. No. Um, first Pitching base medals. Cole. Okay. Second base DJ Mayhew. Okay. Shortstop Correa. Ooh! Wow. Actually, mm-hmm. okay, switch LeMahieu to third, put Glaber to second. Oh, wait, what? LeMahieu's at All third, right. Glaber's at second. Correa's at short. Left field. Hmm. There's one answer. All right, I'm going to get crazier. Left field, Gallo. Okay. Center field, Chris Taylor. I saw them with Chris Taylor. Right field judge DH stand. That would be like an insane lineup, like you know, Death Star, 
$300 million payroll. Let's do it. Screw it. The, you know, George Steinbrenner has been revived kind of lineup. All right. Just spell judge's name with an L and a U and a P. All oh, right. Good. So, wow. This is, this is, I don't know if this is realistic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let's just, let's just go through the money here. Okay. Taylor's getting 20 million plus, right? He rejected the qualifying offer. Let's say he gets three years, 60. So that'd be 20 million, right? Mm. Is that fair? Yeah. Correa, what's Correa getting? Can I, can I slot him in for Lindor's contract? 34 Shit. a year? Yeah, I guess so. So that's 64 million. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm Hal Steinbrenner. Let me see if I can find some spare change in my pocket. <laughs> oh, I got a crumpled up hundred in my pocket. Come on. Well, as he calls Steve Cohen, I'm sure he's yeah. got money laying around. You're charging $15 for a Bud Light. You think I can't get freaking... All these guys, give me a break. God forbid. What's Olsen making? Nothing, right? Yeah, but then they're going to have to extend it. Oh, and you have to extend Aaron Judge. Oh, we're not doing that yet. If, you, if you're dishing out $20 million for Taylor and 34 for Correa, if we're not we're not extending Judge yet. The average, the average payroll for each position is going to be like $25 million. <laughs> oh, my God. Right, so JM's, JM's realistic opening day lineup when he wakes up from his coma is the Death Star lineup. Which has the Yankees adding almost $70 million in payroll yeah. just, just in the starting lineup. Yeah, like 70 war in the lineup. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's um that's something you're speaking of contracts, forgot to mention this. And we talked about it last night. So how does this work when like you just hand somebody a blank check? You think that's what Steve Cohen's gonna have to do with yeah. uh, DeGrom? I think literally. You're throwing forty million a year at Bauer, and now you're throwing forty-three million dollars at at Scherzer. It's like yeah. holy crap! Take it, please. Sign here. What do you want? Okay, good. I don't think Thank the you. Mets care about their international signing money and you know their compensation picks. Who gives a really crap? better? I, I want those. In you want those those young guys? Luxury tax, freaking penalties, slap on the wrist. Give me a break. Oh, I mean, yeah. When you're that rich, I mean, gives a crap. What what else we? Got? I feel like we're missing something. What are we missing? Uh, with baseball, we talked about the CBA. We talked about the signings. Um, there were a couple of trades: the Adam Fraser trade, Jacob Stallings. Mm-hmm. You know, hold on one second. A, I think AJ Preller is the most overrated executive in baseball. Really? Yeah, I do. He's aggressive. Just he like makes noise. He's a yeah, he's aggressive. He makes noise, and you got to respect that. He's very, you know, he tries, he goes for it, you know, almost every year when he can. But they it hasn't really worked. You know, I'm not gonna yeah. kill him yet for Darvish or, or, or Snell. I give that a year. He gave up nothing for Clevenger, who he knew was coming in on injury. So we'll see how that works out. But did he he signed Hosmer, correct? That was a big con. That was a big contract. I can't confirm that. I don't know. I think he did because he was there when they traded for Upton. No, I'd have to look it up. I think he was there with when they traded for Kimbrel and Upton. Where'd they take him? Was he from the Dodgers? Preller. Yeah, I don't even remember. Let's see, AJ Preller. 
He worked for the Dodgers in like 2000. He came from the Rangers. Yes, that's right. But he was with the Dodgers for a brief stint. Um, yeah, he's we was he's been there since 2014. Yeah. So like, yes, he's made some good moves to acquire. You know, I mean, he made the. I mean, the Tatis trade signing. Yeah, the Tatis trade. Yeah. He brought in um, Trent Grisham for nothing. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, the Joe Musgrove trade was pretty good. He's built a really nice farm system. But when he goes out and, like, spends the money or makes the trades, has not been good. I know. And he he did. Oh, my whole point, connecting this to Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier was an all-star last year. Yeah. Batting 300 was, you know, the best contact hitter in all baseball. He led the league in hits. Goes over there, can't find a role for him. He ended up batting like 200. Yeah. And they couldn't find a spot for him. Right. I mean. Bad trade. Bad trade. And they gave up a nice amount. Yeah. They gave up a nice amount, and they just trade him to the Mariners, and they they got nothing for him. No, they didn't didn't get much for him. I like what the Mariners have been doing so far. So do I. And I think when they get uh, Baez or Bryant, they're setting themselves up nicely. Or both. Could they Could they do that? Uh, Baez is going to get paid a lot of money. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I think Baez is going to be like seven years, six years, 200-something million, 200, 220. You think Red Sox? I love it for them. I I would st- – I, I, I think we talked about this privately. I would stick him at short, and I'd move Bogarts over to second. Right. He's a, obviously he's a great shortstop. That to me, that makes the most sense. Watch the Yankees get it on him. I don't know. This could get really weird. We'll Baez? see. I'm I'm scared for the next time we record what has happened. I mean, obviously, the, you know, this I is supposed to end pretty soon. Gonna happen. What? I don't think much more is going to happen. I th- I think you might be right, but the way things have been going, I don't know how much I could trust that. I know that the with this window is closing for signings, but. Because you gotta you gotta get it finalized and you gotta get the physical done for December for Wednesday at midnight. Yeah. See, if I was one of these guys, I know it's easier said than done, but I would want to get signed before this thing. Yes. The the like anxiety and just impatience I would have over this however long this break is gonna be, it would be like too much for me. I just like to have my money, know where I'm going, know my teammates, get ready for the season, and be done with it. Yeah, I, unless I'm like a Correa, unless I'm like one of these big guys, right? I like I think Correa waiting is probably a good thing. Yeah, you know, I heard a proposal from one of my friends um, talking about in some fantasy world how the uh, the MLB free agency could go. I mean, this is extremely unrealistic, but it's a fun idea. Could you imagine if it was like each free agent gets like an hour? And it's like, all right, next up, you know, Marcus Semyon. Every team is calling Marcus Semyon and his agent being like, this is our offer. This is our offer. Like, you're, you know, and then like at the buzzer, you're just like, all right, I'm signing here. Like, could you imagine how crazy that would get? Yeah. Wow. It's nuts. That is a lot to handle. Yeah. Imagine making a decision like that, though, because I'm just relating. I mean, no, it's it's, like co- these... it's so unrealistic, but it would be sick. Like, but I'm relating it to these college football coaches right now, JM. That oh, the, coaching yeah, their snakes. team, and Lincoln Riley said he got a call Saturday night, and the thing was done Sunday morning. If I if I'm gonna believe him, 
He's on the phone all night with him, and he made a decision like that to completely change his life and his family's life in yeah. less than 12 hours. So that's kind of the same thing. Imagine that. That's great. Did you see uh, Brian Kelly basically texted the LS, the Notre Dame guys, and were like, hey, by the way, I can't really make it in person, but, like, I'm the LSU coach, and I'm on a flight right now. Like, see you later. Basically what he said. Yeah. And – he didn't. He, he did. He literally didn't say anything. A, re, a recruiter, one of the assistant coaches, went to a recruit's house. Yeah, and was recruiting him. Left, went on his phone, and saw Brian Kelly was leaving. And he's like, yeah. "I look like the biggest asshole right now." Yeah, excuse my language. No, but uh, what's his face? Um, Oklahoma has uh, their quarterback decommitted. The quarter uh, Rattler decommitted. The uh, well, Rattler me. entered the transfer portal. Transfer portal. portal. Uh, the five twenty twenty three commit apparently decommitted because of the and is tr- trying to go to USC now. They had a ton of kids decommit, like a bunch of right uh, three, four, and five. I wanna, all right, let's save this for the next time when we talk about football. But there's yeah. some crazy stuff going on with college football. It's like it's it's gonna mess up the NFL too, apparently. But wow, let's yeah, leave that as a cliffhanger for the next segment. And um, Lincoln Riley's haul on top of the money. Wait till I read this to you. What he got from the USA. We'll uh, take a quick break. The S&D Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. And the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. The Hardline Sports Talk, episode 45. I am Michael Merlo, John Michael Masiri, along with me. Let's continue. We were teasing with before the break. We were just, you know, we're going to get to the NFL in a minute. We were going over the college football, the coaching carousel, how this is going to affect the NFL. You tease that. And and you had a massive game on, on Saturday in which, you know, it hasn't happened in 10 years. Michigan beats Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that thing you want to tease about the uh, the NFL, please? Oh, um, we got some links to to some college programs. You know, Lincoln Riley, we said, is out. He's going to USC. He's he's snaking. Um, and there's been some rumors now with Cliff Kingsbury out of nowhere. Him rumored, who used to work at USC, him rumored going to Oklahoma, and apparently they're gonna throw the bag at this guy. Um, and he hasn't like shut it down, so. I mean, that would be an absolute shock, you know, from going to your team's has the possibility of winning the Super Bowl this year. But, you know, we see with these college football coaches, they're they're gods. They're not just coaches. They're GMs. They're freaking recruiters. They're, they're everything. Um, so the, these schools throw a lot of money at these coaches, more than NFL teams do. So from a money standpoint, Cliff Kingsbury can do it. Personally, I think – it's a little, I don't want to call it disgusting, but it's a bit disgusting the way this whole thing is going where these college coaches are just jumping ship and going to other programs. And, you know, they're saying Urban Meyer is going to coach whoever, Notre Dame. and That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Urban Meyer leaves the Jags and coaches Notre Dame. In 2010, his wife called it his dream job. You just don't do that, though. Like. Not morally right especially the NFL ones. All right. 
I'm not, you know, that's not horrible, but the, the college ones, you know, leaving those programs and, you know, you got kids, you know, decommitting and because they wanted to go play for you because people you recruited who came them, you to the, they yeah, trusted you to get them to your team. Exactly. Kids who have come to your program in the hopes of you making them better football players, better men, getting them to the NFL. And now you leaving and kind of just leaving them there to, to be like, all right, well, you're on your own. So I don't like that. That leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but it does provide for some entertainment. Uh, really quickly, uh, Lincoln Riley, who I believe is one of the three best coaches in college football. I think this guy can coach anywhere. I think if you put him in the NFL, he'd be a very easily a top head coach in the league. I, I strongly, I've, I've believed this for a couple of years now. I stand by it. He will have USC back in three years. In three years, this team will be competing for a college football playoff. You watch, they'll be in a bowl game next year. Lincoln Riley, contract details. This is from, I saw this. I keep seeing it floating around now. You ready for this? Yeah. $110 million, I think, for 10 years. USC is buying both his homes in Norman for $500,000 over the asking price. So a $1 million bonus. They are then going to buy him a $6 million home in L.A., I saw something about taxes. I don't know how true that is in LA. They're covering the, I don't know what the hell is going on there. This is another one. Unlimited use of the private jet 24 seven for family. How is this like allowed? The NCAA is the NCAA. I can't stand them. I've always said it. They're the most corrupt organization. They are so corrupt. So you're telling me these You know why these schools have so much freaking money to throw around at these guys? Because you have these otherworldly talented players playing in in these huge games with hundreds of thousands of people and then millions of people watching on TV just for them to not make anything off of that, which now, the, you know, they're so generous, you know, they, these college football players could do a freaking Papa John's commercial or whatever. <laughs> and and these college coaches are, yeah, here's here's the jet. Here, bang my wife. You could, uh, (laughs) like, come on. Here's here's the bank account number. Take whatever you want. Buying his houses. Right? How crazy is that? I mean, come. that's got to be, that's a little unethical and morally wrong. I mean, the, uh, the full house lady pays... $500,000 $500,000 for her kid to get into USC and she goes to jail, which rightfully so. But then, you know, you're, you're buying houses and no, oh, use my private jet as much as you want to, to get a coach to coach your football team. And that's okay to take him from another program too. I don't like that. How, how crazy is this? It's he was Lincoln Riley sat after the Oklahoma State game on Saturday night, he sat there, looked the reporters in the eyes, and said, I am not taking the LSU job. Because that was a rumor, LSU. And not even, what is it, 12 hours later, it comes out he's taking the, the Oklahoma job. Yeah. I mean, the USC job. And I he, mean, he was being claimed, honest. <laughs> he was honest, but he yeah. claimed that they didn't call, which this is bogus. I, I mentioned this before. He claims they called him after the press conference. 
No, no way. way. This has been going on for a while. They've been courting him for a while. Get the, you don't make a decision like this in 12 hours. Come on. Brian Kelly's apparently getting like 10 years, $15 million per year with LSU. That's not like legally. That's not illegal or anything like that. It happens all the time. Isn't that like a bribe that they're going to buy his house over the market value? Like, I think it's part of the con. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. They do whatever they want. That just shows the disgusting amount of money that these colleges have. Yeah. Private jet, whenever the hell you want. They had a big press conference today at USC over, you know, on like this bal- nice balcony. They had the trumpets out. They had the band there. Family all there. And you. Sh- I don't know if you saw this video. The the Oklahoma the he, Lincoln Riley took a couple of coordinators, some strength coaches, um, another coach with him from Oklahoma. You need to see this video. They are sneaking out of Oklahoma on a sun on Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night. Like they're they just completed a heist, and they have yeah. to get out quietly. Yeah, they robbed the casino on there. They're on their way out. Yeah, pitch black. You know, trucks, you know, the, the tinted windows, they're getting out of the truck, they're going on to the private jet, and then you see them getting off the private jet in USC gear. It's unbelievable. That's, it's crazy. That's something else. And then, like we said, Brian Kelly's going over to LSU, and, you know, the you know, it gets crazy off the field. You know, on the field, it's going to be even crazier. You got championship weekend. Michigan is going to play Iowa. They're going to see if they can get in. Michigan wins, they're in. Cincinnati beats Houston. They're in as an undefeated team. By the way, the head coach, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, could most likely be the favorite to land the uh, Notre Dame job as well. Yeah. And no. then um, Alabama, Georgia. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's going to be madness. Oklahoma State could possibly get in too if they beat Baylor and you get it's a, a good loss. year for college football. I, I, I like the way things have been going, honestly. Yeah, it's very interesting. It'll be, it'll be madness on Saturday. And we'll see what happens. All right, let's get into the NFL because uh, it's, it's madness, you know, every Sunday there. Every Thursday, yeah. every Monday, we just had the game end. Monday night, the Washington football team beat the uh, Seattle Seahawks by two. You had a nice clutch victory in fantasy to clinch a one seed. Congratulations. Yeah, and um, do you know the, the Seahawks jumped the Jets in the draft order tonight? They, uh, went from, they went from five to four and moved the Jets down to five. Uh, but uh, must be crying. So actually, no. Technically, we just jumped ourselves. Right. We had the Seahawks <laughs> yeah. pick. Yeah. But good. thanks, your, your two first round picks for Jamal Adams, who goes, "Oh, here, JD McKissick, give give me your hand. Give me your hand. This this is the end zone. Let, let, let me Wait, walk you. in. Yeah, come on in. He is terrible. He is so freaking bad. Yeah. Uh, where do we want to start here? Let's start with the uh the, the um the Packers and the Rams. Played in Green Bay. The Packers did beat the Rams. Uh, you know, all these rumors about, you know, before the game, Matt Stafford's banged up. Matt Stafford's banged up. I don't care. Yeah. Your brother said it. If he's not on the injury report, I don't care. Right. Which he probably should have been on the injury report, and that's a little fishy in the first place. He hasn't looked good. The team hasn't looked good in in, in three, in, in a month now. They had the three games they lost, the, the 49ers, um titans and now packers and the bye they have they haven't won in almost a month yeah they beat up on bad teams they're not beating the good teams 
And the Packers, listen, I, I felt like this game should have been closer if, if Sean McVay didn't have, like, three brain farts. Yeah, and Matthew handing Stafford it off on third and one with no timeouts. Yeah, that's just part of it. That's not even the worst thing they did, though. The going for it, giving them three points. Yep. Matthew Stafford handing them a pick six, Russell Douglas a pick yeah. six. Almost so, two. Yeah, it's just bad decisions overall. Again, Stafford banged up. And the, the Packers are the team to beat. That's yeah. that's the bottom line. The Packers are showing they're the best team in the NFL. Come beat us. They've their comp their biggest competition right now, I would say, for the one seed is the Cardinals. They beat them. Then it's the Rams beat them. And it's the Bucks. I don't know if they match up with the Bucks this year. But um, you know, right now they're they're atop of the NFC and and now they're hitting the bye week. They're gonna they're getting guys healthier. They're hopefully gonna get David Bakhtiari back at some point this season. Um, but that Packers defense just continues to to impress week after week. And without Jair Alexander, without yeah. um Darius Smith, hopefully I'll, they're getting those guys back too. I'll tell you something, dude. AJ Dillon, that guy is he's freaking good. He's tough to bring Beast. down. I mean, there were moments yesterday. Third and two, third and three, whatever. He would get hit two yards behind the first down marker. He'd fall three yards past it. Like he just <laughs> falls forward, keeps his legs churning. He's a he's a big dude. He looks like an old school running back. Yeah, but he's made, he he works. It's great. They have mm-hmm. a great one two combo. Uh, Jones came back from an injury yesterday, but Dylan, the second year guy out of Boston, Boston College, he looks um. Mm-hmm. He was like a beast, and and you're right. I think they're the best. Uh, I think we'll do our power rankings this week. They're they're at one for me. Yep. They're finally at one for me. I, I hadn't have at one yet. Took you long enough. They're one now. Yep. Patriots too though. Patriots are close to. No, I'm kidding. Um, Patriots might yeah. crack into the top five though. They are freaking good. No, they're two for me. They're two for me. Oh, you're being serious. They're two. Okay, so I said I know I was joking, like oh, they're. I, mean, I should have said they're close to one. Yeah, I, um, that was a joke. That that's was a, a joke. bit much. That's the joke. I have them as the second best team. I don't get. Right come on, the second you're gonna do that already. Yes. I mean, I get. It. I'm. I'm giving them their respects. They definitely deserve. Hey, you called there, me but... crazy two weeks ago when I said they could challenge the Bills. Yeah. And now okay. they're the two seed. You. I did say that. Um. But over the Bills, over the Bucks, even over the Rams. Yeah. I know the Rams had a bit, you know, lost, but the Rams or the Cardinals. Oh yeah, over all of them. They all right. They don't turn the ball over. Mac Jones is safe with the ball. You see, Mac Jones throws the most catchable ball. You see that stat? The most catchable ball out of any quarterback in the league. Eighty-five percent catchable ball. I don't know how they do that. Okay. Whatever. Throws a nice, easy ball. Not turning it over. He's very accurate. They've been um, winning. They run the ball very well. They have a good offensive line. They're protecting him. Give and me, they're turning you over and they're on. controlling the clock. Give me a Patriots like statement win. And I'm I'm all in on them being a top three team in football. Okay. They, so blowing out the Browns and they the were Brown, come on. Healthier. The Browns, the Browns suck. The, all right. The Titans, no Henry, Julio, or A.J. Brown. A lot of banged-up guys on that offense. Beat them by 20. Okay. Let me see them play the Bills 
win Monday night football next Monday night football. Let me see them win that game. I'm all in. I'm, do you want to hear a bold prediction in Buffalo? I think they went by a touchdown. They are okay. going to win that game by at least a touchdown. We'll see that de- their defense, the bills and the Patriots both have the two best pass defenses in the NFL. Like by far. Yeah. Their passer rating allowed. The Bills are at like 62. The Patriots are at 71, I think. And then the next best wow. team has like 80. And then it's like 80, 81, 82, 83. They just separate themselves from the rest of the pack like by far. J.C. Jackson. Didn't J.C. Jackson get like – what's the term? Like they they like kind of like released him. Like I don't even know what it was. It was like a second-round pick. Like a, they like waved him and brought him – something like that. They like were getting rid of him and they Tendered didn't. him? One of those? Tendered him. Tendered him, yes. And yeah, I still he- – I've been a fan of sports for freaking like, I don't even know, 12 years now. Just since I was like eight years. I still don't know what tendered means. Like yeah, I've, neither do I. I've tried to wrap my head around it. Chicken tender. It took me a couple of years to figure out what DFA was in football and baseball. I finally got that down, but the rest, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, especially the NFL's crazy. It, they crazy. got some weird crap there. But I'll yeah, tell you. Um, I'll tell you what was one of my favorite games of the week. I don't know if ooh. you had more points on the Patriots, but um, no. Listen, we're definitely. I mean, we're gonna get to them obviously after they play the Bills. As I'm watching the 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 Colts Bucks game, I'm like, you know, I never realized like this is a really good matchup in general, and it was a really good game. The Colts, man, I love me. I me and you. I love me some Carson Wentz. He was playing, love Carson Wentz. He was playing great yesterday. Good for him. I'm so tired of everybody slandering this guy after he has only basically one like bad year, and everybody just wants to throw him under the bus. Always oh, one this. one bad year, and yeah. it was a terrible year. Yeah, but it was only one. But let's not act like this guy wasn't the MVP four years ago. You know, the front runner for the MVP. He got hurt. Um. Jonathan Taylor's dog, Frank Reich. Dog. You know, people were questioning. You know, him not giving the ball to Taylor and the at the end of the second quarter there. I I wasn't hating it. I I got it. They were trying to really air it out. Naeem Hines is the better pass catching back. Um, but yeah, I love what I saw from the Colts. The 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 Bucks. They're gonna be up and down a little bit, but at the end of the at the end of the year, they're gonna be right up there with the contenders. I'm I'm not worried about the Bucks. I think they're the second best team in the NFC. So you think it goes Packers, Bucks? Then who are you taking, Rams or Cardinals? Cardinals, Rams, right now. Like, See, you, change, but Cardinals, this is the Rams. thing I don't get about you. I'm very week to week. You are ve- yeah. You are very like fair weather. You, imp- like- you don't impress me. You're going down. I was all over the Rams. I'm not impressed by them. So let me ask you this question: If the Patriots get blown out on Monday Night Football by the Bills, you're going to be like, yeah, they're the 10th best team in football. Not that I'll be off on the Patriots. I mean, they'll probably move down to like, you know, six or seven or eight around there. But the Bills will jump up big time. If the Bills beat my second best team by a lot on Monday Night Football, yeah, they're moving up to like two or three. Right. You'll see the power rankings for week 12 this week. We'll post those, right? We can post oh, those. I'm excited for that. Yeah, we'll post yeah. those. I already got it made. I already done. And we forget about the Ravens, too. Hey, we were talking before their injuries are, are have been very, very bad. Let's see I'm what not they sold do on the Ravens right now, to be honest. Neither am I. So they're playing some bad football. They're they're just skating by. It's gonna catch up to them. It's definitely gonna catch up to them. But 
they keep winning. They're the one seed in the AFC. I don't, again, I think the Bills are going to, I mean, uh, the Patriots are going to be the one seed, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, The Giants won. The Jets won. Yeah. Victory Nobody Monday. Cares. Nobody cares. I know yeah, literally. Really. Like, like Giants. Giants played like crap. Yeah. And yeah, Jets games, like the definition of two, two and eight teams going at it. Good to see your boy Wilson back. Got to see something out of him now. You know, he's got his feet wet. He looked like crap to start the game. He kind of finished all right. You got to see he's playing. What are they, yeah. playing? they play the Eagles. They're playing the Dolphins. You want to see a little bit more from him now as the season gets late and you're playing, you know, lesser opponents. My last couple closing comments on the NFL. You know, we've been talking about it. The NFL is drunk. They really are because, yeah. like, Especially, I think the perfect definition of the NFL is drunk. Look at the AFC West. Like, what what is that division? You got the Chiefs going up and down every freaking week. You got the Chargers just don't want to, like, proclaim themselves as a good football team for some reason. They're not right now. And then the Broncos are, like, somehow 6-5. and five. They just beat the Chargers. And the Raiders are 6-5. and five. So... And they've been up and down, and, you know, they got guys uh, holding guns, and obviously we know the Henry Ruggs thing. They've just had a, a absolute, like, shit show, yeah. Um, But AFC West is as, is as drunk as a division has ever been. More, They might be more drunk than the NFC East of last year in an opposite way. In the opposite way. Yeah. Not, like, complete opposite, though, because, like, you got winning records, but nobody – not like it's um, ten and two and nine and three yeah. and the first place team could be ten and seven in that division and the last place team could be nine and eight. Yeah, like I think the Chiefs are gonna run away with it, but yeah, me too. They'll figure it out. They they figured it out. Yeah, and very quickly, I mean, da- I think da- Dallas is gonna play Thursday night against the Saints. I think Dallas has issues. I understand they got a lot of injuries right now, but they. They commit way too many turnovers. I mean, yeah. turnovers. They commit way too many penalties. Excuse me, penalties. They are the most penalized team in the NFL by far. They give up almost two. You know, they give a hundred yards plus in the Thursday night uh, Thursday night game against the Raiders. You got to be more disciplined. And and I know it's like oh, it's such you know a cliche to blame the head coach, but something's got to go on to him, right? I mean, yeah. it's not. Is it discipline? They're not a disciplined team. He's not going to be there Thursday night. He's got COVID. It should be a better football team. We'll see. Uh, updated NFL draft order. You got the Jets picking four or five, the Giants picking six, seven, the Ooh. Eagles picking eight, nine. So that is mm-hmm. three teams with six picks in a row. And the Eagles have three first round picks. They also got the Colts pick. So. A lot of teams with multiple first-round picks. The Lions have two picks. A lot of teams with multiple first-round picks this year. Dion, uh, this is quick. You know that girl, Deanna Ruisi yeah. on uh, ESPN? Did this clip from uh, J- Seb- Good thing I could speak. From July 27th, 2020 from Get Up. She's talking about the Jamal Adams trade. There were many GMs and coaches that I talked to over the weekend about the Jamal Adams trade, and most, I'd say almost all, felt the Jets fleeced the Seahawks. Yeah. I think it's I think it's more. Is there a word like 
worse than fleeced? I mean, like, two first something? round picks for a guy who's been a below average safety since he's been there. So, and again, we 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 keep saying it. Yes, terrible trade. Don't double down on it. Right. You double down on it by making him the highest paid safety. There was no reason to do that. Yeah. <sighs> That's a lot. We we got we got a lot in tonight. It is. We did. We even talked about the NBI. Long episode. Obviously, the baseball. I mean, we're gonna come back and we should have, you know, all these answers with uh major league baseball. Hopefully the the lockout, which is happening, is quick. I've heard it won't be too bad. Uh, I, I heard on MLB Network Radio, you, they're not going to miss any playing time, not even spring training. Oh, I hope so. So let's let's hope that's worked out. Maybe you know, in a month it's done, and we can get back to making moves and getting ready for pitchers and catchers. I'm about to go mark that day on my calendar. I just ordered a new sweatshirt because this one's a little outdated. Yeah, and I got to order my Max Scherzer jersey. Let's go get okay. all the gear. Yeah, I got to get all my gear. I mean, I got my black jersey and my blue jersey. And my white jersey on uh, Blue Friday at City Field. So it's good to be back. All geared up. All All geared up. All right, episode 45 in the books. We will talk to you guys next time. Yep.